0: Welcome to the Conscious Clinician Podcast. We have honest conversations about the triumphs and challenges of pelvic health physical therapy. Each week, we bring you inspiration and practical tips to thrive in your work. And now, here's your hosts, Dr. Monica Stefanovic and Dr. Sammy Steele. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hey, Sammy. Hey, Monica.
1: In our talks about emotional intelligence in our last few episodes, I have been really trying to focus on developing my emotional intelligence, practicing that with my patients, and really taking those principles to heart. And I'm going to share with you today, I had a patient interaction this week that kind of shows one unexpected consequence of developing emotional intelligence that I'm sure some of our listeners can relate to.
0: Okay, cool. So I'm curious, how did emotional intelligence go awry? So I had this patient
1: and I've been really trying to focus on understanding where her pain is coming from, what experiences she's having in her day-to-day life that increase her pain, decrease her pain, things like that. And that leads to me asking her questions like, what else was going on in your life when you had this flare-up? And having this patient reflect deeper on her story has also led her to say things to me like, oh, it seems like this stress that I've been having with interpersonal relationships has also impacted my pain or is really affecting me this week. And so from that perspective, I took that as, wow, awesome. I'm getting this patient to think outside the box, understand that there are things besides her physical body that may be influencing her pain. However, this has also led to this patient starting to almost overshare about her relationship stress and things of that nature with me. And at first, it was in the context of our PT interaction. She would say, oh, I had this fight with this person, and my pain was worse after that. And we'd talk about how those things could be related. But over time, I could sense that it was starting to delve more into, I want to vent about this fight that I had. And there wasn't really a productive feel to it and it started to feel progressively more uncomfortable to me and i just felt like there was something that i needed to do about it because it felt like it was moving further and further away from my scope of practice i started to feel like okay this is no longer centered around her physical complaint and the goals that she's coming in to physical therapy for but instead she's trying to seek emotional support and validation from me exclusively and so that was an interesting side effect of practicing more of this emotional intelligence. I'm curious if you've experienced that with some of your patients.
0: Yeah, I think so. When you listen empathically, most people aren't used to that. And it can create this desire to share more of yourself, which is very natural. But I think you nailed it. It's like that feeling of, "Mm, where's this going? Or maybe Mm -hmm. a thought. That's not a feeling. A thought of, where is this going? How does this relate to what we're doing? And I'm curious If you know about her social situation, does she have other people that she can talk to? Has she ever been in therapy before? Is this more that she's lonely or what do you think is going on?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So this patient that I'm describing doesn't sound like she has a lot of really comfortable people for her to disclose this stuff to. There are people in her life, but it sounds like there's some barriers to talking freely and openly about these things. And she is seeing a counselor. I actually encouraged her to see a counselor when this stuff started and I framed it in terms of this stuff sounds like it's really also impacting your pain. Have you considered seeing a psychologist or somebody that could help you with those things? And she was really open to it and really excited about the prospect of it. And since starting that counseling after that discussion that we had, I think she wants to share with me what's going on in the counseling sessions because I was the one who recommended it. So I think maybe she's thinking that because I thought it was a good idea for her that I also need to stay posted on everything that she's talking about in those sessions. And it's a tough line to strike because I'm happy that she's going. I, I think that it's great to hear that she's exploring some of those topics But when it starts to take up 10 minutes of the session, 20 minutes of the session, keeps going like that, it starts to become like, okay, is this going to just become a second counseling session? What's going on here? Something Mm -hmm. about it just felt really off to me.
0: And I'm curious how you started handling it when you noticed it was getting to that uncomfortable point.
1: Yeah. I had been feeling like that for a couple of weeks. It had been progressively getting a little bit longer each time we'd meet. And so I started to feel a little bit weird about it. And I was like, gosh, what is it that feels weird about this? So I tried to put some words to it, to this kind of icky feeling that I was getting from it. The first thing that I was noticing was that I felt like I was outside of my scope. That's the first thing that is a boundary, right? It's a boundary that was crossed is that when somebody is starting to seek things from you that are outside of your scope of practice, That's just a hard line. You can't pretend to be a psychologist. You can't pretend to be somebody who's going to help them work through their emotional problems. And so that, to me, was the first thing. And then the second thing was just feeling like this patient was asking something of me that I couldn't provide. And that felt uncomfortable from a personal perspective, too. It also was confusing from my perspective as a provider. Like, what are we working on what are we even doing here it felt very disorganized and confusing and i didn't feel like we were focused on these clear goals we had suddenly veered off into uncharted territory to use the mountain analogy we've taken a wrong turn somewhere and now we're stumbling around through the bushes and the forest and what are we doing
0: where's the summit that we're even trying to hike towards so first off i want to say kudos to using your self-awareness skill number 1 to identify how you are feeling to really name what you were feeling rather than just say, oh, the socks." I hate this patient. And that you were trying, it sounds like, to get the patient back on the path. You knew the path was somewhere behind you. And you're like, hey, let's try to go back over in that direction. And this patient was like, no, I like this new territory. Yeah. And I want to explore it more, which is cool. But it sounds like you're not the person for her to be exploring it with. Yes, definitely, definitely. And in regards to what did I do about it,
1: I sat with that. I tried to first just name, okay, what is going on here? And once I was able to name, okay, I feel that one of my boundaries as a provider has been crossed, and this is not a boundary I'm okay with crossing, and I need to either reorient to the original path that we're on or discontinue walking down this path. I I can't be on this path with this person. Mm. And so what I did about it is that I tried to bring it up as kindly and as professionally as possible. I said, hey, it sounds like this stuff is really impacting you. You're having a lot of stress about what's going on in your life. And I'm getting the sense that when we come in here, sometimes we spend a lot of time focused on those things. And I just want to be really transparent and upfront that I don't have a lot of training in that area. And I really do want to help you with this problem that you're coming in for, this pain that you're coming in for. That's what I am trained on. And I wanted to hear from you, how do you feel like things are going with physical therapy treatment? How can we refocus on the task at hand and work together towards the shared goal? It sounds like you've got this outlet with this counselor. And I, I love that you're doing that. I want you to continue that. But I want us to reframe and refocus together today on what we would like to work on together. That is something that I truly am able to help you with. Okay. So you had that conversation. It was so awkward. It was so <laughs> awkward. And the patient, I could tell she felt ashamed. She said something to the effect of, so you're telling me I'm telling you too much about my personal problems. And I was like, oof. Yeah. And the reality of it is, yes, she was. And it's a hard thing. She she just put it out there after that and was like, so you're telling me this. And I I said, it does feel like we're spending a lot of time discussing those. And I just really want to make sure that we're staying focused here. And it was really uncomfortable. I do think that It did affect our rapport. The patient seemed a little shut down afterwards. And I think that part of that I could tell came from her maybe embarrassment. Like she didn't realize that she had crossed that line. And once I brought it out into the open, there was some shame associated with that. That was tough, you know? I think that the impression that I was left with after this whole interaction was. Emotional intelligence is so important to practice, and I think we need to incorporate it, but how do we keep the pendulum from swinging back and forth? Because I've really felt like there was this roller coaster that happened here. We had this great rapport in the beginning. She felt comfortable disclosing these things to me in the context of her PT treatment, and then the pendulum swung too far where she was oversharing, and then once I finally addressed the elephant in the room as kindly and as gently as I possibly could... The pendulum completely swung the other way and the patient shut down and our rapport was severely affected. So, gosh, what's the middle ground that we strike here?
0: Yeah, I can definitely think of a couple patients that I've had that same experience with. And first off, drawing a boundary can feel very uncomfortable, especially if it's one, new to you as a provider and two, maybe new to the patient. Boundaries don't mean things have to end. Boundaries can sometimes feel like ultimatums to people, which doesn't go well. But in the context of what you did, I'm hearing that it brought up a lot for the patient to process and maybe for you also, like your reactions to her reactions and wanting to have PTV, like this nice friendly thing. And I'm curious, how many people do you think that this happens with for you? I would say
1: not super often. I think most patients understand what they're here for. And in fact, sometimes it's actually harder to go the other way to explore some of those topics with patients because they feel like, well, this is physical therapy. Why are we talking about this? And so I think more often than not, it's the opposite. But I I do find that there are those cases where things go off the rails a little bit. I think it often has to be this perfect mix of somebody who Maybe, like you say, it's feeling like they don't have that outlet with somebody else. And you're that first empathetic ear that they've had. I'm left wondering, like, how could I have handled that better to keep us on track?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it can be tough. I think one thing that's helped me is sometimes just hearing the person, but not reflecting back if they're going too far. What I mean is saying something like, thank you for sharing that or, okay, thank you. And then redirecting back to my question, something around PT. And usually the question I like is, so what do you need from PT today? Or maybe Mm. saying that earlier on. But I've had a few patients where the first 15 minutes was them just talking. Literally, I would say nothing. I can think of one patient where, yeah, I would just sit there for 15 minutes. And most of it didn't need to even be typed in my note. Probably 90% of it was just her decompressing, sharing things, exploring ideas. And if I tried to interject in that time frame, it seemed to actually worsen what was going on with us. So I don't know that this is the answer for everyone, but with that one patient, I was like, She's just going to talk for 10 minutes and then come to find out that she was seeing a couple other providers I know. And I talked with them and they were like, yeah, the first 10 minutes is her just sitting here. Her Cairo felt the same way. (laughs) And then I felt a little bit better because I think I can have a tendency to be like, what did I do wrong? But it wasn't me. She was just one of those people that talked a lot, monologues. So from what I'm hearing from you, though, this is not as common. This could happen. And I think we want to highlight that this could happen because if you start really listening to people, you're going to get lonely people out there. That is common. Yeah. And the question is, is it the right mix of factors to your point where there, it sounds like she's distressed enough that she wants to find either an outlet to complain or maybe some solutions Sounds like maybe more of an outlet. So, some people will want to relate in that way and they have distressing things to share. And some people will just want to connect and share things that are more lighthearted in their life, which is usually the easier space for us to live in. But I think when they're sharing their distress, it gives us the sense of what do I do to fix it? And Mm -hmm. then if I don't have anything to fix it, I'm a PT. I don't know how to help you navigate relationship conflict. And you're aware enough that you're not going to say some type of platitude.
1: And there is a very big difference between somebody coming in, spending their first few minutes saying, I'm having a really stressful week at work, or I've gotten a fight with my husband, and they're just sharing with you the context of their week, and then they move on, versus somebody who unloads and is almost looking at you expectantly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, it's hard to put a, a direct descriptor to that vibe, but there's a vibe. They're wanting something out of that interaction that's different than them just sharing it. And I think that's sometimes where I go, We came up to that line. And how do I redirect before we get to that line?
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, I would go back to, Thanks for sharing. Or, <laughs> OK. Yeah. I say OK a lot. I'd be like, OK, what do you need from PT? To be like, I'm not going there. I'm not going to go there with you. I'm not going to offer reflection, commentary. Mm-hmm because I've had a few people who say really awkward things to me. That's the other part. Who I struggle with a lot is those people who are so uncomfortable that they're sarcastic and making a joke out of everything. And that's these people. They want me to laugh or they want me to join in on it. I appreciate humor. I want to laugh with you. But the level of weird sarcasm you're bringing or animosity, I'm not here for it. And I'll just be like, Okay. Or when they make their really self-deprecating comments, and again, not one funny one, but just drilling on themselves and saying weird things, I'll say, Okay, so yeah, back to the exercise. Or, okay, so what do you need from PT? That's my favorite question right now. And if they keep not learning it, to your point, I'm glad you brought it up and didn't just... Struggle in your sessions and became this person's emotional dumping ground because that's what it sounds like. Totally. It sounds like she gets to feel better because she word vomited all over you, and you're like, What the hell? I did not ask for this today. I just came here to help you with your pain or your hip or your knee. And I don't know why you're sharing all of this stuff. Yeah. One of the things that we
1: had talked a lot about in residency was this line of if it's something that's related to their condition, if it's something that you can connect back to their most recent flare up or, or why their pain developed in the first place, something that's connected in like that, then thanks for sharing that with me. I think it'd be interesting for you to explore how your stress connects with your pain, etc. But when somebody is looking to you for a solution, they're looking to you for a comforting response, they're looking to you for some emotional support, that's where I think we need to draw some boundaries for ourselves as providers because we don't have the training for that we just don't I love the line of okay what can PT help with one of my go-tos is also do you think that's affecting what you're coming in for today yeah and then if they say oh no I go okay let's focus on blah you know what I mean it's a gentle way to be like you're not here for this right now I'm not here for this right now it's fine that you brought it up but we can't spend time in this space together because that's not what you're here for But it's so hard, and there's some people who are sneaky about it. Not sneaky intentionally, but you start exploring it with them, and you think that you're trying to be pain neuroscience education-oriented and emotional intelligence-oriented, and then finally you're like, holy shit, this person's just unloading on me. We're
0: not doing anything productive here. Yeah. I think you said it well earlier. It's gradual. Mm -hmm. So if you notice that happening, if you notice that this is starting to get into territory that's not related to what you're working on with this person, then I think it's really appropriate to refer to counseling, refer to therapy, or if they're already with a counselor or a therapist, maybe say, hey, how about you talk about that with them? It sounds like it's been very distressing for you. Another strategy that I've done in this case is, you know, the last couple times you've brought up your distress around blank, Or You've brought up this thing and it sounds like it's really been bothering you lately. You've mentioned it each time you've come in. Is that something you've explored? That I think is a dangerous question because it's also asking them to tell you more about therapy. So I said that and I'm glad I did because maybe (laughs) don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe don't do that one. Because the way that one usually ended as I think about it more is that people would then be like, no, because me and my therapist are doing blah, blah, blah. the whole point is that I don't want to know what you and your therapist are constantly doing. My final thought is that sometimes people are with therapists that they don't actually like. Because I have had people say, you listen better than my therapist. That's an issue. Yeah. You need to find a different therapist. So if that's the case, maybe they say that or you're getting that vibe, then I think it's okay to tell people. It's okay to shop around and find a therapist you like. It could be really hard to find someone right off the bat. And sometimes people have switched and that has also helped. I can think of one patient where they would also tell me lots of things. And finally, I referred to psych after a couple visits and they still were telling me things. And then it got to this point where I think her and the therapist really connected. And so was less about having to tell me everything. And it was more just, oh, yeah, my session was really great this week. And it was less like they had to tell me all about it. So that could be another possibility. Totally. A mistake that I have
1: made personally is that if I refer somebody to a counselor, sometimes I'll say, let me know how you like this person. Let me know how it goes. And I think that sometimes that gets interpreted also as you want to know how my counseling is going, right? Mm. I'm reflecting on that now and, and thinking like, here's a name of a person. I really trust them. I, I hope that this, or this referral to them is something that you might find beneficial. Let me know if you need another name or something like that, or it's, it's more of a close-ended thing not opening up this conversation of, I want to know how counseling is going for you. Because I think when we can be the ones to refer to counseling, we can unknowingly invite ourselves into that space if we're the ones that are referring. And so maybe we need to just say that's between you and your counselor and you're making it clear that this is my scope. Yeah. Just because you can practice with emotional intelligence and you can be conscious of the ways that emotions influence pain, influence PT treatment, It doesn't mean that you're turning into a counselor. It doesn't mean that you're overstepping your scope. There's a balance to be struck. This can be a painful growth spurt of developing your practice in this way. There can be some pitfalls here. So in this podcast, I think we're hoping to illuminate that emotional intelligence is great. But if you are finding your footing You may go awry and go into some areas that aren't comfortable spaces for you. It's important to really listen to your body with some of this stuff. For me, I felt a sense of physical discomfort with this patient of something's wrong. A boundary has been crossed. I don't feel good in this space. And I really had to take a look at why that was. For me, it was part of the exploration of emotional intelligence that took me a little too far. I guess we can
0: think of this as like the dark side of
1: emotional intelligence if there is one.
0: (laughs) the after dark, yeah. yeah. And to say with that, if you're practicing emotional intelligence, then you're gonna keep coming back to self-reflection and self-awareness, right? And if you're practicing that skill consistently, then I think you'll stay in your integrity so long as you listen to it and you're willing to explore why that might be. It might be from you contributing to it it might be the patient has just completely overstepped boundaries or doesn't understand boundaries to begin with. I think then you can start to figure out what may be the multiple factors that are involved and try to find some way out that's comfortable, whether that's better communication, less communication, maybe even ending care. If someone is truly using you as therapy all the time, and they're not willing to do anything that's related to physical therapy, it is okay to say, hey, come back another time. Right now is not the time for PT, or if you're not willing to work on PT, then I would like us to take a break. There's lots of ways to explore and pan this out. So, Sammy, thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing a situation that was uncomfortable, that didn't sit well with you, and how you handled it. I think your humility is really important. I think it's helped both of us talk through how we could do things differently and realize sometimes we can't do anything differently. People will be people. Yeah throughout your process of developing your emotional intelligence
1: be kind to yourself it is a process we literally just did two podcasts on how important it is and here we are still struggling with these things so it's all about learning and growing and reflecting so stay conscious everyone thank you so much for listening to this episode let's keep the conversation going on instagram at the conscious clinician and facebook backslash the conscious clinician links are in the show notes If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and write a review for the podcast to grow our community. Stay conscious, everyone.